0: Welcome, art lovers, to the SCHS Visual Art Podcast, where we are equipping creative minds to be artists of many styles and disciplines. We feature guest artist talks and other fun things to guide, inspire, and inform the work you make or want to make. I'm Tucker Webb, but a lot of you listening probably know me as Mr. Webb. Let's check it out. Hey guys, this is episode four of the SCHS Visual Art Podcast. Today we have a chat with Peter Nevins. Peter is a printmaker who calls Portland, Oregon home. He specializes in woodblock printing. He started out doing a lot of his prints for musicians, but in the last few years, has really transitioned into being a printmaker and an artist who focuses mainly on his own work as a woodcut printmaker. As with most woodcut artists, Peter's work is bold, clean, and has a graphic quality that is sure to catch your eye. This was a live chat we did with an advanced art class of mine, and Peter was kind enough to demo what his process looks like while he talked. So, if you hear the sound of wood carving while he's chatting, that's what it is. You can find Peter and his work on Instagram at thepeternevins. That's the with two E's, T-H-E-E-P-E-T-E-R-N-E-V-I-N-S, or online at peternevins.com. Here's the chat with Peter. I hope you guys enjoy it.
1: Peter! Hello! I was expecting it. Hey. A- I was expecting the video to come in on the other side. Good morning, everybody.
0: Good morning. How are you? I'm I'm good. I'm pretty good. Well, yeah. welcome to Tennessee. Uh, and you're in Portland, right?
1: That's right. Um. Well,
0: good morning. Uh, thank you for
1: being here. Thanks. And you guys are in are in the
0: uh, are in Tennessee. We are in Tennessee. Yeah, we're we're uh, just southeast of Nashville. um, Okay.
1: Yeah. Um, I was just out there. I had a great time. What were you doing in Nashville? I have a kind of a a new a new art form where I'm uh, where I'm making uh, videos where I'm where I'm uh, I figured out a way to print transparent colors onto uh, transparent sheets of vinyl, and then uh, I project them, put them on an overhead projector, like an old school overhead projector, so doing analog light shows. Okay. And so I was I was working with a, uh, a musician friend, and uh, we shot a video where I was projecting live on them.
0: That is very cool. Um, I would love to see that when it comes out. I know that's probably nowhere to be found right now, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, it's coming. Well, uh, do you want to start just by kind of telling us uh, who you are, what you do, all that sorts of stuff. Um, I know that some of these guys have looked at your work and some of them probably aren't familiar with your work. And then um, I know that some of them are familiar with what, you know, printmaking looks like as a whole, and some of them don't know as much about printmaking. So any, any information you can give would be super helpful.
1: Yeah, well, um, I where I grew up, um, I, I had a lot of friends in bands and I always wanted to be like a poster artist. I found my way to fit into the community was making uh, making art for my friends' bands. And uh, and so and I had a, uh, another couple friends and we would always uh we would collaborate and make, uh, make posters for everybody. And I just, I just kept, kept doing that. And, uh, it sort of turned into, uh, how can I make, um, an original like print and not have to, um, send it to Kinko's for copying, you know, to actually like make, you know, take control of the process and be able to print myself, uh, print the work. So, so I was in. I was doing silkscreen for a long time, and then, uh, and then I realized uh, woodblock is just so cool. Uh, so, so I just started. Um, I just started doing woodblock. I mean, it 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 hasn't happened in a vacuum. You know, it's always been like sort of connected to to someone someone else or or doing doing art. For in some kind of context for a band or something, it's been really yes. fun to uh, to have that to have someone on the other side of of whatever I'm doing. Uh, and uh, so, gosh, um, I just uh, I just started to. Uh, so I had a I, I was I was drawing and painting for a long time and. I had a teacher who uh, saw me, the way I would paint would be to make things kind of look like a woodcut and I'd put big black lines around everything and yeah. try to define the shapes because I really like strong graphic shapes. I really like sort of like playing card graphics, really like bold, basic shapes. And uh, and this teacher, when he saw the way I would paint, he, he got kind of frustrated with me and he, because I would put the lines around everything he just gave me a black canvas and he told me start with this and it totally blew my mind because it made me think in opposite how to paint the light onto the dark
0: yeah
1: and that that basically that was the the moment that i kind of became a printmaker it was it just happened so quickly it was just his just his idea it just took him two minutes of looking at what i was doing to Decide to give me this black canvas, and uh, and from that point, then I learned how I realized how um, painting light onto dark is just like carving away the darkness to to make the light, and I yeah. could be much more sort of much more bold that way because it's already black when you start off with a with a blank block, the whole thing is just going to ink, yeah. and then when the, when you carve away parts of it then then it's gonna then the image will appear but it's already really strong and black and it's got got all this solidity almost like the less you carve this the stronger the more bold you are so uh it's really good for me because i used to be afraid to do to um i don't know draw too much to like overwork it so uh so this idea of of carving things away has been the the big sort of game changer for me in the last you know era of my of my work um so so um i don't know i figured i could like sort of walk you through this process of like uh, of carving and then maybe take us out to the um uh, i've got a little little shop in the garage and i can show you how I would do it
0: I think that would be amazing because like I said you know I I, a lot of these guys are familiar with with, with woodblock but we don't have uh a program here that that has anything like that so I think it'd be really exciting for all of us to watch that
1: Mm. yeah I'd love to love to um shed some light on that um but it's
0: it's one thing to talk about a process and it's a, a whole other thing to see it right in front of you so yeah we're, we're on board with that for sure cool um
1: well um i have this i have a block here and uh, i'm gonna try to get the light on. there we go it's a little better um and if you can see on my desk here i just i have a couple little screws and i drilled little holes in my desk I put them down so I have a, a place to uh, push the push the board up against. So when I'm carving, it doesn't slide all around. Um, so um, anyhow, um, in in carving, there's there's no something I've found is there's no real rules about how to how to do it. Um, there's no like there's no simple formula for like always to always carve the same way um, and I'll I'll do a little uh, maybe uh, a, I'll draw a little uh, dragon or something right here now um, and uh, and then I'll carve it um,
0: so do you ever when you're uh when you're coming up with this the, the, the uh, ideas for your your prints do you always draw straight on the block like that or
1: do you ever uh, do you usually start on paper and then transfer it or? yes I, I usually do I start on paper and transfer it uh, I use um, I'll often use uh, I'll take a actually I spend a long time refining the drawings it's uh, that's really important for. For everyone to know, I really I draw it again and again, and um, and then maybe I'll scan it and put it into the computer and um, and get it to the right size or see how it'll look on the paper first and adjust adjust things for a long time. I'll spend a while dialing it in, and uh, so this is this is actually kind of. Um, Making it look like it's a lot easier than it is by just oh, I'll just draw this thing on here. I don't usually just just draw a thing on there. I'll, I'll kind of fuss over it for a long time.
0: And, and when uh, you're when you're doing um, work that has uh, text in it, uh, type in it do you are, are you usually drawing that as well uh, and then kind of manipulating it or are you waiting until you get it on the computer to do that or a little bit? Mm-hmm. A little bit of both. I'll often
1: lay text out in the computer, and uh, and then and then bring it in here and uh, and trace it and uh, and sort of. Um, I'll lay the text out so the so the blocks of text are how they how I want them to be, and then um, and then I'll kind of. Um, yeah, I'll trace it and sort of, um, by the time it's hand carved, it, you know, it doesn't look like it came out of the computer anymore. Yeah. Um, so, uh, there's all, there's all kinds of, uh, different mediums to carve on. There's a sort of like a rubber stamp kind of material that's really easy to carve and, uh, and and then or there's wood. I get this wood from uh, a place called McLean's. Uh, McLean's printmaking supplies. They have this Japanese wood that's uh, the traditional wood cutting, the traditional wood for woodcut, um, where it, it's it's very it's soft but it's firm enough to uh, hold the detail, and uh, and so actually maybe I should just start with something really simple, like a, like a, like a ball, um, like this, like this. Now, if I, what I'll do is so much of this isn't, is the preparation. Cause, uh, if you, if you kind of just have to sort of set yourself up for, for success, sort of, um, uh, by, by doing a lot of, a lot of preparation. I don't just jump in. I'll sort of figure out which, which way roughly that I want the lines to go. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'll sort of like try to define this, this ball with these, with these lines here to try to like, uh, I'll, I'll decide the direction that the, that the cuts are going to go in. And so, so I'm trying to define, define a ball and there's a highlight there and so i might i might clear out this highlight and uh, like like this there's it's really important to have sharp tools and different tools this is a a sort of a a big a big gouge to uh, to clear away big areas I'll clear away this this highlight here, and then I would and then I would just and then I would start to carve these lines that I've described in pencil, and sort of uh, you know we're basically just making rubber stamps. Uh,
0: a lot Of these guys have done, um, like linoleum, um, you know, relief prints, but they've been pretty uh simple, usually one color. I think. And, uh, so, I, you know, this uh idea is probably not foreign to some of them, but uh, wood, woodblock in particular is probably a lot of them. Yeah, I,
1: you, I was really intimidated by woodblock for a long time, I really thought it was too advanced for me or something but i realized actually when i found that mclean's printmaking place i can't tell you how important that place is it's really good uh they have all kinds of books and um i mean it's that one website is basically everything you need to to be a printmaker uh all the materials all the books and stuff uh and uh I forget why I started talking about it, but um, so I've sort of made this kind of um, this ball here. That was cool feedback for a second. <laughs> um,
0: uh, so while you're carving, uh, tell us a little bit about like, um, you know, we live in kind of a uh, overwhelmingly digital age. Um, and most of the processes like uh in printmaking have been replicated on um digital formats like uh, photoshop or Illustrator or Procreate, or what 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 have you um i know that you said you use uh you know the computer a little bit to kind of modify the, the scale of your designs and stuff but to you in your opinion like what's what's the uh benefit of um analog versus Versus kind of the, the digital, like what's what's the beauty in the analog?
1: Um, as I like that. Digital. Yeah, I like that question. Uh, it's it's the kind of unexpected that that happens. It's the um, it's the sort of uh, it's almost like a collaboration with nature. Like how I said, I love to like like uh, do posters for my friend's bands. It's great to have sort of something on the, something on the other side. To, so it's, cause nothing really like happens in a vacuum. Um, with analog, you're kind of, you're sort of collaborating with the wood. Like I don't, I wasn't, wasn't really that, wasn't really that in control of how these, these lines uh, form. There's always, it, it pushes back. It's sort of, so it's not just, it just helps you kind of be, uh, bigger than yourself. The computer gives you such complete control that you sort of, um, can run out of oxygen sort of, uh, I, I find, um, having the, the analog, um, way it, um, you're sort of, you're sort of, you're in collaboration with your materials. Um the computer, the computer's just too, too much total control. And
0: uh, I know for myself too, like I'm a, I'm a very indecisive person. So when given a bunch of options like you have on a computer, even though it's great to have so many things you can do with it, sometimes it, it kind of makes you freeze up because, you know, there's, There's almost no limitations and there's almost too much freedom. Um, And then there's like the intentionality that you get with uh, analog media. You have to kind of think about each. um, I guess in your case, you have to think about each um, each piece that you carve before you do it, because there's not like a a go back button. You know, it's kind of permanent once you once you carve it in there.
1: Exactly. yeah all all the options are uh are crazy and i'm actually i actually still use photoshop uh, cs3 which is like the 2009 version or something and uh i use cs5 and
0: i thought i was behind the time
1: so (laughs) yeah uh and and that's because i really there's nothing i need more than just the composition i'm really just composing in the in the computer and i there's never been a thing I wanted to do in there that I couldn't, that I couldn't do uh, with the CS3. There's no more, there's no more, um, I don't need like watercolor effects or or anything. I don't, there's no, there's nothing, there's nothing that I can't do that. I've, you know, I've never had a nothing. There's never been anything that I wanted to do that I couldn't figure out somehow. And, in CS3. So i a firm believer that
0: it just, it varies depending on what you do probably. If you're a factory designer or something, it may be super beneficial to have the latest version all the time, but for, you know, for you, it sounds like if it ain't broke, don't fix it.
1: Yes, exactly. That's it. Uh, can you see, I'm working on these little wings and these dragon wings now. I'm, I'm trying to, um, so basically, the, before we go out to like try to carve anything, I just wanted to sort of talk about how you can sort of guess like how you want the lines to go and just sort of set up the set up your um, set yourself up for success. Kind of it's it's like so much of it is about the preparation and just making sure you're just des- you like your design and then and then when you go to carve it, you can just you can sort of relax and actually enjoy.
0: Uh, I assume that that's probably what you meant when you were saying that you painstakingly kind of go over the the uh, the uh, preparation preparation sketches for these. You probably have every single line that you intend to carve, and of course it'll change a little bit, but. Uh, you're probably prepared for kind of every direction, every, uh, you know, area that you want to be positive, every area that you want to be negative, so that sort of thing, right?
1: Clear about that, but I leave a lot of, I leave a lot of it for the, it's basically composition, the, the shapes and the areas of light and dark, and then the flow of the lines. Because if you don't have an idea of how the lines flow, then, uh, then it it won't, it won't make, it won't make sense. But you, the other thing is you can't really, you can't, I mean, a lot of people actually do figure out every single line that's going to be done. And I sort of, I don't really believe in that because, um, because so much happens when you're carving. And the tool that you use can, can actually determine um, how many lines, like what, dense, what line density. Uh, so, so like, for example, um, I'm sketching out the flow of the way these, these lines may go here. And um, trying to make these leathery wings, and I've got here's here's a, here's a kind of a larger gouge, and here's a smaller gouge, and I'll just use a larger gouge now for a second, and it it will actually determine like the width of these lines will actually determine how much um, or. The, The size of the tool will sort of determine how many lines per inch. Uh, If I had drawn this out beforehand exactly, I couldn't have this kind of flow that I can get with the... You just sort of want to see how the tool is hitting the wood and how um, you don't want to have everything all figured out because then it's pretty much just like... like, you're just you might as well like silk screen it you know draw it in pen and ink then if you already know everything you want to leave some spontaneity for for what happens while you're carving
0: sure it takes out that that relationship between the and, and what you're drawing and kind of the imperfections that you talked about yeah um so uh, while you're carving, I'll, I'll open it up. Does any, do any students have any any questions for Peter while we're, while we're watching the I probably know the answer to this. Yeah, we got a question, Peter. Awesome. What would you recommend to anybody who wants to get into woodworking? Like, like wood carving? What would you recommend for anybody who's wanting to get into black printing, Peter? Any, any special? Uh, Recommendations other than maybe shop at McLean's? Yeah,
1: um, um, patience, um, I recommend, um, I recommend wanting, let's see, um, Uh, finding a des- a design that you're happy with um, whatever it takes it can come from anything photograph uh, anything and uh, and I guess um, I guess really just just wanting wanting to do it is like the most important thing uh, so so, and that can like uh, that can just be the wind in your sails to just keep you keep you moving towards your your work and uh, it gosh um,
0: what would I recommend it's really did you do anything early on in your in your wood block? printing career that you look back on and you're just like, oh, come on, Peter. Like that you, you know, uh, wish that you would have known at that time. Um, or, or has it always been kind of consistent either way? I mean, yeah. Uh, you started doing it, you started doing it and you haven't really changed a whole lot from that.
1: Just, um, just drawing, and um, I I think really just just having something that you really want to that you want to carve, um, or um, I don't know. I guess I want to try not to be so like goal oriented about it, and, and just allow allow for just taking taking pleasure in just in the process. Um, I guess I guess the thing is, if you're not happy with what you've done, just know that this happens to everybody. Um, and I will often, like the one of the most important parts of my job is to just know that it's not there yet and to actually be like, "Oh my gosh, I have to do this again, uh, and that's okay. Uh, that, um, just knowing that, yeah, if there's anything I wish I'd known, it's, it's that I don't, you're not married to something just cause you did it. Uh, you can do it again and again, and, uh, and you may have to just keep doing it, uh, until it looks right. And, uh, and you're not a failure, uh. Because as long as you actually want to do it, then you're then you're an artist.
0: <laughs> I think your your first uh, kind of answer whenever she asked that was patience, and I think that those go hand in hand. Just you know, and sometimes I think it takes time to learn the patience and to to learn to not be so precious with everything that you make, that, that sometimes things don't work out, and you just kind of have to roll with it. You know, That's it. improve upon it, or start over, or whatever it is.
1: That's it. Exactly, I think that's really helpful to to remember. That's it's somebody. There's this great movie called Beauty Is Embarrassing. Wayne White. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, Wayne Wayne White. He went to college
0: not too far from where we are right now. So yeah, we're I'm familiar with him, and I think a lot of people probably
1: are. Yeah, that's actually that's kind of why I mentioned him too because he's. From out there sort of um and one of the my favorite lines in there is that most of art is just digging trenches like just it's like doing doing the preparation um and that's something i didn't really do a lot of right here with this with this dragon design but um
0: i think that we probably all realize that you're, you're not representing necessarily your best work just because you're doing it quickly for us but it's still very nice for a quick demo.
1: Yeah, the, uh, the getting yourself, you know, it's just basically putting the pieces in place so that, or it's sort of like pulling back the bow to shoot the arrow. Like, it's just, it's so important, like getting, getting your design figured out in a way that you like it and, all that is just
0: well these these guys probably think i'm paying you to say that because i i you know i definitely take a lot of uh all right i think there's a lot of importance in the process but i also kind of drill into their heads sometimes too that like you know taking the extra time even though we're all excited to you know start painting or start printing or start carving or whatever it is you know taking that extra
1: you know, a little bit of time it takes to, to get your sketches and your, your design ready before you start
0: will just make the process that much more enjoyable. So they, they hear me say that kind of stuff all the time, and they probably think that I've told you. Yeah.
1: That. <laughs> <laughs> We've never spoken before, you guys. Yeah. This is it. We're just meeting now. Uh, it's really true. And uh, the uh, that taking that time um is really what i think what makes makes me an artist and it's kind of it's kind of spooky when i hear people say that i'm i'm such a good drawer Um, and uh it because it really um it comes down to like having having obsessed over that drawing and redoing it a whole bunch. And my first little sketches really aren't that, you know, I'm not really that great, uh, right off the bat. It's just that I just keep at it basically and just keep messing with it. I'll make, you know, with this, I just drew this quick dragon. Oops. I drew this quick dragon, but, uh, If I was really gonna make a a piece, I might make the drawing on paper and scan it into the computer and then place it on this on this block in a way that it filled the whole space in a really pleasing way. I basically try to make things like as 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 big as they can be. uh, and I'll sort of just mess with it, mess with it forever until it Till it feels right. Uh, so it's that prep that that makes people think that I'm a I'm a good artist. But really, anybody that wants to do it can do it. It just takes actually just wanting to do it. That's I keep saying that. That's like the I guess really the key, like the desire to do it is actually the the thing.
0: Um, I think that's important to hear because, you know, especially because like it's easy to get into wanting to do things because they're trendy or because you, because of what people will think of your artwork, but like you're not going to have that same desire as if you just really want to do it for your own sake. And so, um, Mm -hmm. wanting to create something for yourself, um, it's probably easier to be motivated in that way.
1: It really is. Uh, it's it's like in in service of something bigger than than uh, than pleasing people, and and that is like the only way to please people <laughs> actually like I think people can feel that you're doing it for some for some for your own inner purpose, and then that it's inspires them.
0: It's counterintuitive in a way because you you. Uh, doing it for yourself ends up pleasing more people. In a way. That's, that's it. But on the, I think on the on the flip side, I want to hear your, your opinion on this too, on the flip side of the preparation coin, so like working, working on things, I think another hard part about being an artist is knowing when to walk away from it um, because it can be easy to overwork things. But do you find that as a printmaker, it's a little bit easier because you are limited by your medium like uh, yes you can't it's it's harder to overwork a, a woodblock print than it would be to overwork a painting
1: I would assume right because you can't go back into these areas uh, yeah and I do find it's pretty much I'm pretty much always going to mess it up if I go if I go back in like I really I don't really like uh, the way this area turned out uh like i don't know like uh, i wish i'd put some more like highlights over over here but i but if i went back in there it would just i would just um you could tell you can just you can always tell if someone's gone back in after the fact and uh so you are really limited in woodcut it's just once just one and done and and again that patience of just realizing oh like okay that wasn't the that wasn't the one um and now I know what to what to do next time. Something that's really fun about woodcut is you don't really know how it's going to look until you roll that ink on yeah
0: and uh even then, it's like then you print it on paper, and it looks even different
1: than uh, you know than the block itself. Yeah. Um, and speaking of of that, maybe maybe we could go go now out to the out to the studio. Yeah. And let's do it. Let's see what what happened.
0: I think there's there's something beautiful about printmaking in general, which is that, like, even though you're spending all this painstaking time coming up with the design and carving and all that stuff, there's the reward on the back end, which is, like, you can print print it basically as many times as you want. Um, you know, whereas if you spend hours and hours and hours on painting, you just have that one painting. You can get you, know, you can take a nice photo of it and make prints of it or scan it in or do whatever, but um, is there something that drew you into printmaking because of the... I mean, well, I guess you said the, the band thing, but is it is it nice to see your work... Uh, into,
1: into block printing because needing to make multiple posters for the bands and stuff Yeah, that really... Having like... Uh, having to depend on Kinko's or, or whatever, or, you know, um, or, uh, getting some fancy laser printer or whatever. It's just too much. um, yeah. um the, the other thing is as digital art has gotten so popular, um, I mean, I don't really have anything against it. Um, And I know a lot of friends that do great work with uh, digital output, but as everyone has been using those tools, you know, like uh, it just turns out that the guy that's still doing woodcut stands out that much more. Yeah, that's true. Uh, It's wild, you know, people, people ask me, Oh, are you, are you sad that everyone's going digital? And it's actually been the greatest thing ever for me because I actually just stand out now as like one of the guys that's still doing it analog. Yeah. That's, that's the only thing that makes me, uh, um, not want to like sh- share my secrets. Cause it's just, I, I'm totally cool with everyone going digital, <laughs>
0: But it's like in the past few years you've seen this uh, seen this kind of migration back to the handmade quality. Well, I think just because everybody's so uh, bombarded with everything digital all the time, everybody wants you know something that's handmade and you know because it's uh, I don't know there's just like that little bit more of a love that's put into it than some yeah of the, and not to say that you can't have that with digital, but Um, that's why people, I always say it, but like, that's why people listen to records and, and, uh, you know, things like that. It's, it's, um, not as easy, but kind of more fun.
1: Yeah. Uh, listening to records is a lot like the, the, why I do woodcut, uh, in that the person who, uh, the, the artist, the musician made this record with this track sequence and there's always a song or two on there that's not your favorite song and uh it you're sort of um you're sort of up against uh that person's creativity kind of and and yours and it it's sort of um it's like the it's like how you carve in in the wood you don't exactly you're not like completely in control of how it is but it it somehow um, does something good for your your mind to to uh, not have complete control. keeps you keeps you limber or something. Uh, like like listening to albums, it sort of keeps you kind of um, flexible, sort of because you're because you're seeing another person not doing it exactly how you do it, and that's kind of the the point, I guess.
0: Yeah. So I mean, while, I look- while you're printing, uh, talk about your influences. Like uh, anybody historically or or contemporary that that uh, you look at as kind of uh, inspiration. Or
1: yeah, um, you have your notebooks out. <laughs> um, um, what really inspired me was uh, my first like big inspiration uh, was Felix Valloton, this uh, Swiss-French uh, printmaker from a, mostly from around the turn of the century. I mean, uh, the, you know, like 1900, 1900 19, like 1898 to, to 1912 or so. He was doing these uh, really bold graphic, uh, prints and the newspapers could print them really well they were just like solid one color things and his compositions are just so strong it's it's insane there's uh, so um, the the print you know the print industry needed strong, graphics for one color printing in newspapers before the halftone process came in. So, um, that's really guided me, uh, wanting to do everything in a way that it doesn't have to be turned into little dots. Um, it, and that that's guided me to this printmaking process. Cause it's like big shapes of silhouettes that overlap to make the different colors rather than do rather than, um, the way it dithers into halftone dots in the modern colored newspapers, etc. So yeah. Felix Valeton, major influence. Um, Alphonse Mucca, the famous poster artist, uh, was another huge inspiration as well. Um, those two guys. And then, and then I've always had a love of like medieval woodcuts Kind of, who doesn't really? And um, uh, so the way the lines would go uh, to describe space, um, Albrecht Dürer uh, was like the the big dude in the fifteen hundreds.
0: Um, I remember seeing Dürer's uh, rhinoceros print one time. You know, yeah. And I,
1: I think the story goes
0: that he had never seen a rhino before. Just oh, the yeah. oh, yeah. And his his uh, print of the, the rhino is just unreal for somebody who's never seen a
1: rhinoceros before. I know it's it's so much better than it would have been if he'd seen a rhinoceros. I think so. <laughs> uh, so if I so if I gave you if I have three artists to to give, I think that that's it: um, Valaton and Mooka, and Durer.
0: We'll definitely we'll look them up either uh after the call today or uh, or tomorrow. Um, I mean not tomorrow, but Monday, Tuesday. We'll we'll look it up and, and I'll pull up some other words so they can see it.
1: Yeah, cool. Yeah, there's a lot a lot to talk about there. Um so here we go. I will um rolling out some. Pulling out some ink. It's really cold in here right now, so the ink is really firm. It's not it's not rolling very easily, but it'll be okay. Um, all right. Let's see, I want to get a really good close-up on this because this is the this is the really exciting part. This is like the it's actually like the best part of printmaking. Really, is like that first time you roll the the ink on the block and you can see what you've what you've done. Um, okay, here we go. Uh, all right. Hmm. Nice. The ball is terrible. Um, <laughs> the only the cool part is the scales, probably. That's uh, yeah. pretty fun. Uh, the wings—they're just kind of okay. Not really that great.
0: Um, I'm sure that you're you're most of the time when you're working, you're probably doing this in like a thirty period. So we we understand. It. <laughs> Yeah, but that is a good uh, question. Uh, which is what? How how long would you say that you generally work from from uh, idea to final print? How long would you would you say that you generally the the duration of time between those two things?
1: That is a great question.
0: I'm sure it depends on whether you're doing a small, you know, one color print or if you're doing a large scale four color print. But you know, on average, what would you say? If you had to guess.
1: Yeah. Um, I'd say that the uh the composition part uh can can sometimes take a a long time like sometimes um you know if I was just focusing only on that without all the other distractions of of life maybe um you know anywhere from like like three days to three weeks I might spend messing with the composition and then um and then transferring it to the block sometimes i'll use a an opaque projector which i know you know what that is tucker yeah. but i don't know if the class does um before
0: I'll use we a had pro- uh, screen screen projectors it was the old school on a rolling cart we pulled in and, and uh yeah, projected onto the screen like like we're watching you right now,
1: except you know uh, an older version of that. Yeah, um, there's these things called. I think it's called a. Uh, there's this one projector called Tracer. Uh, the opaque an opaque projector is actually kind of different, where you you can take okay. a, take a design. Um, you set you set this projector on top of this and it, and it has a bulb in there that shines light on and, um, they're really cheap. They're like 50 bucks. Um, um and, uh, it can project like a pap- opaque projector, like it will project from opaque paper like this onto the block. And then, so, so light shines down on here and then it reflects up on a mirror, and then out the lens onto another block, and you can then you can draw, you can trace it. Anyway, I'm just trying to answer how long I'll spend. Um, so once the design is done and I transfer it to the block, the carving really doesn't take all that long. Um, like here's a here's a design. Um, this uh, it just took a day this one usually you know it just once you start going it really doesn't actually take that long like the most i've ever spent carving something is about three days or so yeah and it it's it's just because i've figured out the composition beforehand so you know, it can actually be like just, just like four days or so, maybe from like concept to uh, to to printing.
0: Yeah. Um, I, and I, it's worth noting here too that the more colors you have, the, the you actually have a separate block for each color, generally, right?
1: Yes. That I want to get to that before we're done here too. Okay. Um, here, so um, I have a press. And that makes me pretty lucky. Um, So, but I assume there's not really a press handy for most people. So I'm just I'm going to use this thing, which is um, it's called a a barren B A R E N. It's slick on this side and uh, kind of uh, slightly spongy, so it will sort of sort of force the paper down into the onto the print and it's because it's slick you can kind of twist it as you push like this and you can see can, yeah you can see that how the how it forces because it's not smooth i mean because it's uh cushioned it forces the the paper down in you know into the cracks to get all the ink um so this is a process anyone can do at home. Um, and here's some exciting stuff now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, awesome. Love it. Yay. Thank you. Um, so if I want. I want to have a, uh, say a two color thing.
0: Oh, I forgot.
1: I forgot the actual, I the print that I want to, I want to sort of demonstrate how I got the two colors. Um, just a second here. So here's a, here's a print with two colors. And this is a good example of uh, a print that looks pretty simple, but I just, I messed with this. I, I, I made the hands bigger, smaller. I made the, the, the windmill in the back like smaller, bigger. I just moved everything around until I just got it right, and it felt felt solid.
0: And that one's part of the series, correct? Correct.
1: Yeah. I just made a series of all the... of a lot of, of pleasures that, that are just simple pleasures. I was living in a place where... Where there was no, no TV or, or anything, and I just really got into just celebrating the, the simple things. So, um, so once I figured out this design, then I, I carved it on this block. I actually carved, carved everything. The um, I had the the windmill in the back and these, these, uh, lines of the, the field, the crops or whatever. Um, that was all on here. Um, and, and so if you want to make other colors, like how do you, how do you go from one color like this to, to, uh, to the next color block. Like, how do you know exactly where to put put these things? There's no way to like, there's no way to sort of put this down and kind of, um, how, do you, how do you get this? How do you find the areas of color? Like that's, I was really stumped by this for a long time. There's a book, there's an important book called, it's called Botanical Prints. By Henry Evans, and uh, he's he's a guy that made you know um, drawings of uh, prints of uh, of plants, but of course it applies to everything. Somewhere in there, he says, "And then you make a transfer print uh, onto your next blocks," and then he just went on, and I and I really had to sort of think about that transfer print. What is he? What does he mean, what is that? And I figured it out. Um, It's, so you get, you make a very inky print from, once you have your one color design and say you want to make these leaves, make green inside the leaves. So what you do is you make a really inky print of this. You get it inked up really good and, and then you, you make a transfer print by putting putting the paper on it so this block is really good and inky right now imagine that and then and then put the i the way i figured out to do this is just on a flat surface like this put paper down and line up the edges like this so it's exactly exactly to the edge and then so it's the block is all inked up now And then say you print it, print it really good so you've got lots of ink on there and then you peel it off and it looks like this and it's exactly it's exactly from the corner. I always choose the same corner to line it up and then you go on to then you take you have start with the block that's going to be then your color block and you line line it up exactly the same way again right to that same corner so this is like a imagine this is a really inky print and you're pressing it onto the blank block so if you if you do this then when you peel this off there'll be this ghostly transfer image this the ink from here will will press off onto here and you'll see the areas that you want to you want to carve.
0: Which and is beautiful because it's the same size. It's registered exactly the same way as the first one. Exactly. Yes. Pretty, pretty uh, smart.
1: You're very quiet now. Something happened.
0: Sorry. Um, yeah, I just said that's a, that's a pretty smart way to approach it. I had, yeah, I had not really thought about that way either, so.
1: Yeah, and I think maybe I'll just, I'll just do... I'll do like a tiny example here. Um, Cause this is this is really important. This is like the key, this is actually called the key block and then all the others are the color blocks. So so however many colors you're gonna do, you do it that many times. So you get all these blank blocks. I'll show you, I'm gonna try this just, just a little bit right here. Um, so So we're imagining, so I just inked this up and now I'm going to put this down like this. This is making a transfer print Uh, and there's, it's not, it's not very inky, so it probably won't work very well, but it might might show something. So there's, that's the image that I'm going to transfer from my key block. Now I line it up in exactly the same way to this to this corner there. And then apply pressure, run it through the press, or do this. And then it should leave. And then it leaves leaves a ghostly image on there. And so now I know how. Now I know the areas that. Um, now I can just carve out these, um, like leave the the uh, leave the green. Now I can just uh, go for it with um, basically these shapes. It's just like a coloring book. Then, are um, you? I'm looking for a pen now. Um, do, do, do. Um, yeah. Um, so if I want these want these leaves to uh, to be green, I know I just I just carve carve away carve away everything but. Uh, but the green and it, and it will, you know, make this
0: simple, simple shape. Is that clear? Yeah. Perfectly clear. I love that. Cool. Um, well, Peter, I, I hate to say it, but these guys will be leaving us here in just a few minutes. Can I ask you one more question before we go?
1: Yeah, I think I've done everything that I've shown you everything that I was hoping to. So
0: yeah, sure. Um, if you could, just because this is kind of, uh, why we're doing this. And, and these guys are from about 15 to 18 years old. Um, if you could go back in time to 16, 17 year old Peter, uh, what advice would you give yourself for like your artistic journey, sort of, um, things that you wish somebody maybe would have told you at that age that would have helped you along the way. Uh,
1: Mm, be bold because you can always do it again <laughs> Yeah, um, and not be attached to the one thing that, that you like about it. So just keep doing it. Just be – yeah, be bold because you can always do it again. It's better to – make mistakes and uh, fail better the next time, as they say. Yeah. I, th- I think that's
0: that's it, really. Um, I love that. Yeah, that's great. Well, yeah. Peter, it was super awesome of you to show us what you do. And, and I mean, literally show us what you do, not just talk about it, even though that's great, too. Um, we get to talk and kind of see the work you do and how you make it and all of that stuff. Um, And we appreciate you taking some time out of your day to to talk with us. Absolutely. I'm really glad that there's people in the world
1: uh, interested in this kind of thing. So- um,
0: Absolutely. Well, and you you might've just uh, inspired some some new woodblock printers out there. So- um, Very good. Yeah. Awesome. Well, hey, stay safe out there. Um, And maybe we'll see you again some other time. Okay. Thanks everybody. Thank you so much, Peter. Bye. Good to see y'all. Bye. Man. Thank you so, so much to Peter Nevins for not only talking through his process and inspirations, but demonstrating what it's like to create a woodblock print from start to finish. Don't forget to look at Peter's awesome prints on Instagram at the Peter Nevins, that's the with two E's, or online at peternevins.com. Thank you for listening. If you have any questions or have artist suggestions for this podcast, you can email at SCHSvisualArt at gmail.com or find us on Instagram at SCHSvisualArt. Until next time, keep creating.